0: This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Lowen Sign. Looking for cutting edge designs and unparalleled support and fast turnaround for all your sign needs? Lowen Sign has you covered. They produce for sale signs, directionals, riders, open houses anything you need. Signs are produced within three days of being ordered, the fastest turnaround time in the industry. Best of all, when you call Lowen, you get a live person ready to guide you to choose the best looking and most effective sign for your real estate needs. Visit LowenSign.com, that's L-O-W-E-N-S-I-G-N.com, and find out why top realtors trust their listings with Lowen. And now, on to our show. by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And today is our monthly Coaching Moments series with Ryan D'April. Now, if you're not familiar yet with Ryan or if you're just new to the show, Ryan comes on every month to give our listeners and our viewers a coaching moment and a coaching session. So let me tell you about Ryan. Ryan D'April is a progressive thought leader focused on providing for his agents and his staff at D'April Properties. His strengths are his motivational skills his coaching style, and his dedication to training. He has 14 offices throughout Chicagoland, and he's also in Wisconsin, Indiana, and Michigan with hundreds and hundreds of top producers. D'April Properties is a coaching company with eight strategic coaches who work week in and week out with every agent individually focused on business planning, coaching, and accountability. If you'd like to take your career to the next level, or if you're just not getting the attention you need, please check out D'April Properties. Visit d'aprilproperties.com for more information. Welcome once again, Ryan. What's up, DJ? How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. We should mention that Ryan is so dedicated that he is actually traveling between offices and he's doing this from his car. And it, the sound is, is incredible. You'd never know that, but that is just how, how dedicated you are to, to fitting us in, in your busy schedule. So we thank you for that.
1: Yeah, no, it's actually great to know that this works and the, the sound quality is there. So, cause I'm uh, in my car a lot going from office to office. So, so good times. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And so what you know, I know I, I wanted to ask your opinion about something that I see happening. I mean, you know, the firm I'm at, we have hundreds and hundreds of, of brokers, so so does your firm. And I met, I wonder if you're hearing this a lot from agents who maybe are struggling at the moment. I'm hearing a lot of people being frustrated with what's currently happening, what's right in front of them. Um, you know, they're saying, hey, inventory's low. Places are selling too quickly. My buyers, you know, are really frustrated. So that means I'm frustrated. Um, only the people that get listings are really having success. Um, and it seems to be a lot of a focus on the immediate sort of situation, which, you know, may or may not be what's really happening in the market, but how a lot of realtors are, are thinking about it. And I think that maybe People are getting a little bit stuck in that mindset of like, right now it's so tricky, so I'm, I'm only focusing on right now.
1: I mean, that's what everybody does do is focus on just the now. I mean, it's really the, uh, the leaders, the industry leaders, the thought leaders, uh, and whatnot that are that are futuristic and forward focused. And so, I think that's one of the biggest things in in having accountability and coaching uh, is to give you the full picture of what's going on, because what you just described, we could have those types of struggles in every different types of market, just a different look, um, but they'll always be there. I mean, I saw a, a saying the other day, I posted it in our, in our internal group page, internal group page the other day, it's um, happiness is not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna butcher this, but happiness is not uh, the existence without problems, because problems will always exist. Happiness is being able to face your challenges with a positive attitude and you know the challenges will always be there I think you know in the in the now what we're seeing is I actually see inventory creeping up a little bit
0: oh big good time. Yeah.
1: right but I also think you know this is the first holiday true holiday that our country has taken since the pandemic and so I have seen a lot of people just kind of even myself just taking a break and turned it off and in the real estate business that it's been full throttle ahead. That's coaching a loan officer. And this is, you know, this is is an $80 million year producing loan officer. And, uh, and he's like, am I, I'm worried. I'm like, don't be worried. (laughs) Don't be worried. You know, it's, it's enjoy the break. It's going to be a shit show here in three, four weeks. And only those who are prepared, like you are prepared are going to be able to reap the benefits of it. And, you know, it's interesting. I was coaching another individual this morning. Goal, will do $26 million this year. And I'm paced to do $26 million. It's funny how the top producers come to the coaching consistently day in and day out. Um, and always get a holistic picture of what their business looks like. And um, and some people reach a level of business and they, they plateau. They could get so much farther if they'd be willing to take, you know, a step back, uh, get out of their own way and let somebody else just look at what they have going on in, in dialogue. Um, you know, the, the producer I was with today, you know, um, again, goals to do $26 million, feel pretty confident though. He'll hit it. Um, but you know, it's so busy in writing contracts and listing agreements and working with buyers and working with sellers, you know, it's even said, you know, I'm lucky that we actually pause and do this for an hour Cause if, if I don't feel obligated to meet and do this, I won't do this. And I'm like, yeah. And here we are. We talked about mining the gap. And that's from going to coach today on and, and, and talk to you about, it's like, if you don't mind the gap right now, you're not, you're not going to hit your goal.
0: I have this almost exact experience um, in an unrelated field uh, at least once a week. So I have a I have a personal trainer. I'm fortunate enough to to have one. And, and the reason I I bought or the reason why I pay for one is um, well uh, because I won't go to the gym on my own. I I, I am embarrassed to admit that it feels defeatist and, and you know I'm a little uh, but but the reality of it is it's just not in my wiring as much as I would love to not have to pay for a trainer. But I, I was thinking about this as you were talking about. Um, face seeing what's right in front of you that may seem problematic and getting stuck there and not you know doing a larger picture holistic approach and and I realized I do this with my with my personal trainer where just uh, yesterday I was in there and I wasn't feeling particularly good I hadn't slept a lot the night before and she puts me through an insane workout where we go to failure on every exercise so it is very challenging and I went in there and she goes how you feeling and I she asks me that I've been with her for over a year she always asks me how I'm feeling and Sometimes I feel good and sometimes I don't. Yesterday I didn't, and she goes, "Oh, okay. Well, what happened last night?" I said, "I just didn't get enough sleep." She okay, and she goes, "Okay, by the way, let's get started." And we just we just go straight into it. And I realized, boy, that I'm so glad that she's there to get me past my immediate sort of funk of not feeling very good. And I know that realtors can get caught in that as well, where you know they have a some sort of negative experience. They send out, you know, 10, 10 offers and they get there. They'll, you know, they just get beat on all of them right now. Uh, that happens and it's easy to get caught in that funk and then just kind of let it stop your, your forward motion. And I know that that's probably the best reason for me to have a trainer is even though I feel like crap, she's like, okay, that's great. Now let's do some push-ups. you know? So, uh, right. it helps keep me just in a, oh yeah, I just got to keep, you know, making the donuts every day.
1: Yeah, you do. And you know, that's the, Double-edged sword about our business, and I've said it before. It's there's such a lack of structure in our in our business, and um, <clears throat> you know most most people self-destruct, and they self-destruct in so many ways. They self-destruct right before they're about to make it. Uh, agents or loan officers get to a certain level and they're feeling success, and then they self-destruct uh, over thoughts and worries and concerns of things that they didn't think about before that were new challenges and. They didn't realize these challenges are actually challenges they're receiving because they're at a higher level than they've ever been at before. And, you know, and it, it's actually, I have tell you, it's not easy being a, being a coach because you, you can't do it for these individuals. And, you know, you could set up times, you could do the workshops, you do the sessions, you hope the best for them. Um, but, you know, the amount of people that just self-destruct and how much success is psychology and it's actually positive psychology uh and 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 finding happiness in what you're doing and whatnot and how important that is um it's really man it's really intriguing it's it's and it's really interesting like you know i look at our organization okay and you know we are right around 2011 we decide let's let's grow a real estate company let's just ryan get out of sales stop selling focus on attracting agents to your company and Coaching them and the differentiator was going to be we're going to be a coaching company. We're not going to be a recruiting company. And as you obviously know, this business is all about recruiting, right? The real estate yep. brokerage business. It is. And, 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 you know, you look at our organization, you know, um, individually owned organization, you know, we're not PE or VC firm backed. And there are huge players that are private equity backed. I mean, you know, you look at Compass, right? Private equity sure. now public, you know, uh, at properties in our area here, huge venture capital backed organization uh Coldwell banker owned by realogy, right? Publicly traded company. These companies are out to raid other real estate brokerages and recruit their people. Sure. It happens all the time. And you know, it happens to cool. us too. And, and I'm not complaining about it. What I'm saying to the agents is that every year our company has grown from 20 to 35 to 40% huge growth. We're up 57% over last year. All the meanwhile, we are getting attacked day in, day out by corporate raiders trying their best and being successful at sometimes taking our people away from us. But why are we successful beside that? How do we continue to do that? Well, because our teammates, our salaried employees come to work five days a week, six days a week. They follow a routine and a structure that I've set up for them and that their managers set up for them. And because of that, because of all of the adversity we're going to come in, we still continually have explosive growth. And in 11 short years, you know, we're, I think the 84th largest independent brokerage in the country with zero debt, zero bank lending, zero private equity, zero VC, zero funding. But I, it's not that it's easy and it's not that I don't have defeat every single day. It's not that I'm heartbroken and to feel like, you know, you meet somebody, you coach them up. Right. And then you never see them again. It's like, oh, remember me? Right. And yeah. I have those heartbreaks too, just like everybody else, but, but I'm disciplined in my behaviors. Me as an individual and culturally, our support team together, we're disciplined in our daily activities, our daily actions. And because of that, I have all the time in the world for my wife and my three daughters. Yeah. I have all the time in the world to do the things that I want to do for myself, maybe around a round of golf here or there. I have all the time in the world to run four different companies and start a software company on top of it because I'm disciplined because I'm disciplined with my time is I actually have all the time in the world and I have success because of it. So, you know, the trick to our business as a real estate agent, not as a coach or not as a broker owner, but as a realtor or a loan officer, which is essentially a hundred percent commission based role, right? They're yep. eating what you kill. Yep. How do you set yourself up? How do you set yourself up to be habitual? What do you What are you doing? What tools do you have? That should be your number one priority. Yeah. That right there should be your number one priority. Uh, and what I wanted to talk about today in today's coaching is the minding the gap. So I'm going to probably I'm going to pivot off of this part of the Great. discussion. But but for you know for our listeners again you know um, you can have all the adversity, all the challenges in the market. Man, you do the same things day in and day out. All right? It's these little things that continue to add up. You, you you, get a compound effect, you get a snowball effect. It actually gets easier. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It is, I listen, my business is complicated and what we have and all the people we have, but our growth is easier at this point because we've been doing it now for 10 years. We've gotten to our tipping point and there are going to be agents that maybe they don't do what they need to do, but maybe they've been in it for five, six years and they're experiencing growth. Yeah, of course, you've been in it for a while. You built a baseline brand for yourself. It's going to be easier, but are you at working at a peak level? Are you working at where you want to be? And are you actually working less and making more? Coaching brings that to you. It truly does. Um, but at the end of the day, 20% of the population or less are going to ach- uh, choose to seek out that and do it. 80% or more are not. And that's just that's just how the dice goes. Um, if that's even a saying, how the dice goes, but you get my <laughs> point. So let's talk about on the gap.
0: Yeah and, and I I just wanted to to put a cap on on what, what you just said which was you know spending some of your free time constantly thinking about what are the what are the few activities and it's usually a few that as a listener as a realtor as a mortgage lender or whoever is listening here it doesn't really matter what profession you're in but no. what are the few activities and it's probably between 3 and 5 you know what are those major activities or or they seem minor but that create the most growth in your business. And if you can identify those, then you can start prioritizing. And by the way, there's going to be things you need to do beyond those three to five things. But what are the three to five things that if I did these consistently, no, regardless of what's going on in my life or my job or whatever, um, that over a year, two, three years are going to create the the most growth. And I think most, yeah. most people probably just haven't done that exercise. Um, I, I know I struggle with it sometimes.
1: Well, it's, it comes out, you know, and that's why I created this dashboard and it's all based on the Toyota manufacturing model and based on Kaizen and Kanban, Kaizen meaning continuous improvement and Kanban meaning visual flow. And most people just don't actually have the right technology to visually see where their business is and to visually see the, really it's not even three to five, it's probably the one to two things that you need to do that will make yeah. the needle. There are 10 things in your business you're going to have to do. And uh, that's actually doing the business. That's like being an employee. There's 10 things you need to do, right, Right. to get the job done. But there's one to two things that you need to do to be the CEO of your business that's going to move the needle. Uh, Most of us will work as an employee and do the nine to 10 busy work things that are mindless, not strategic, not thought provoking, not forward thinking. Uh, And very few of us will do the one to two things consistently day in and day out. And those one to two things are actually probably not the most fun things to do. They actually take willpower. And that's why, you know, coaching is such a cottage industry in our in our businesses because uh because you know, agents are not employees, they're independent contractors. And so, you know, I could tell my employee when to come, when to go, and what to do. They'll have more free time and they'll make a great living. I have to get real estate agents, I have to get loan officers to understand, hey, buy-in, come here, do this, do that, and you'll be the uh, you know, you'll be um, in charge, you know, in, in charge of your life. You'll be you'll have all the financial freedom and and more time with your family, so on and so forth, but it's, you gotta, you gotta show that to them. But um, let's move off that. Let's talk about mining the gap. Is that? Yes. All right. So and the reason why I want to talk about mining the gap is, um, well, first off, where did I get the term mine the gap, right? I get it from London when I was studying abroad and, and the, the underground, the tube, which is their subway. Right. And when you get on the subway, they say mine the gap, which is basically the gap between the platform and the subway train that you step
0: on. Have you ever been to London before? I have, I, I actually, when I was in college, we went uh, as a family and I bought a Mind the Gap t-shirt because I thought that was, I don't know why I thought that was so interesting. Uh, but of yeah. course we we did ride the subway once or twice. And I remember, you know, that's that's a phrase that anyone who's who's, who's ridden the tube knows about.
1: Yeah, and so we have signs, you know, uh, internally that we post and whatnot that this time of year coming into August, Mind the Gap. here's what the gap is. And this comes into the software where we're talking about, you know, we have, we track your goal and we forecast where you're going to be by the end of the year. Then we track your close, we track your pending, we track your active, and then we track your warm prospects only in this particular bar chart. And the gap, all right, the gap, and there's a couple gaps. The gap's the difference between your forecast and your goal. So uh, the agent I was coaching this morning goal is $26 million. And the forecast is $24 million. Okay. If you can visual bar chart there, that mm-hmm. looks pretty good. And the gap is only $2 million. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So what are we going to do to mind that gap so that we come in and we hit our goal right now? I'm going to also say something for all the listeners here because the whole purpose of coaching and, 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 um, and what we do here is self-awareness. You need to be aware of yourself because you are your biggest competition. You are your biggest challenge. And uh, we all tend to self-destruct and we got to understand what motivates us. And there's two things that motivate us, pleasure or the avoidance of pain. And yeah. the majority of us are motivated by avoiding pain, not pleasure.
0: And, okay? and we and I, I want to just really quickly talk about that for just a moment, because this is really important that, this is an important distinction that people really need to think about is we all think that we're more motivated by pleasure. However, and maybe some of us are, but the vast majority of us, if someone was chasing us with a knife, are going to run a lot faster than if somebody puts a, you know, a, a pot of gold uh, out in the distance and says, run to this pot of gold and it's yours. Uh, I would bet if we compared that side by side, I know I'm running a lot faster, the guy chasing me.
1: Yeah, that's, it's the truth. And, you know, and you could take it from every industry. I look at loan officers and I talk to them about communication or about the loan and process with both the listing and buyer's agent. And I say, what an amazing sales call. It doesn't do anything. When I tell them, Hey, what a way to avoid a painful loan process because there's 28 other people you're relying on as a lender, right? The title company, the home insurance company, the home, uh, the, the condo association, uh, the borrower, the borrower's employee, you know, and, and so many loan officers just sit back and they are they become victims of the loan process. And then they end up being punching bags when really it wasn't even their fault. It's the other parties weren't cooperating to get the information in that time. So what I've learned to do is to coach loan officers on, hey, you want to avoid pain? Call these agents twice a week and inform them what's going on. Inform the listing agent that the condo association hasn't gotten this back and the uh, listing uh, attorney, the listing agent's attorney, the attorney for the seller hasn't sent you the dial back have been requested three times. Not only will you create a better, well, not only will you avoid the pain, right? And nobody's yelling at you. What happened? They're all informed. So that's what's going to motivate them. But then the byproduct of it is they create a relationship with a listing agent. They had no idea who they were. And they did a good job. Now, the listing agent may, by chance, if they have a great auto flow program and they're doing live flow, like real estate agents are supposed to be doing live flow. Now they got another referral partner out of it. The shit's simple. I mean, it's beyond simple. Um, but what's what's maddening is the... Uh, th- the distractions that we have on day-to-day and how we prioritize things that just are not important. And we focus on the negative and not the positive. And it's, you know, again, it's, it's, it's not, it's not easy, but it's so goddamn simple to be successful. Um, so coming back to mind of the gap. Okay. Coming back to mind of the gap. So the particular agent we're talking about $26 million goal said $24 million forecasted. So the gap is only $2 million. That's great. It's August. That's not, you know, okay, we have three more months left. And I say we have three more months left because you guys, I truly believe you have August, September, and October. Once those yeah. months are over, you're pretty much over for the year. You, 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 you write a contract in November, December, pretty good chance it's closing in 2022.
0: Yeah, you, you might get lucky here and there, but by and large, it's, yeah, you're, you're done by then.
1: Right. So, you know, the dashboard, you know, our our dashboard will then show you, okay, well, here's what you're at pending and closed. And for this particular agent, they're at $15 million pending and closed. Okay, well, now the gap is a little bit bigger. Because the forecast takes in consideration your active buyers, your active sellers, as well as your warm prospects. Totals up brings them to $24 million, you follow? Yep. But what about those active buyers and listings? Are they priced right? Are the buyers actually gonna buy or do you have an inventory issue where they're actually wanna buy, but most likely they may not buy till next year when inventory, you know, increases. So now we gotta mind that gap, okay? So we have to do that. And that's why we talk about the dashboard here. And this is a podcast, which is kind of funny because we're, we're speaking, we're not seeing here, but visual flow is so important. You've got to see this stuff. And most agents have this written on a yellow pad. Most agents buy CRMs that are going to give them Google AdWorks and they're going to give them uh, SEO. All that stuff is completely, mostly irrelevant in this business. It it tracks agents. Oh, I'm going to get a fancy website with the CRM. And I'm going to be able to do search engine optimization fine, but you're never going to beat Redfin and Zillow in search op- engine optimization. <laughs>
0: and, and, and not only, not only are you not going to beat Redfin and Zillow, you're not going to beat Coldwell Baker. You're not going to beat Berkshire Hathaway. Which Jesus are also- Christ, Coldwell Baker. Yeah.
1: But those guys are at the bottom of the pile. They're at the bottom of the pile compared yeah. to those two. Yeah. And those right. and the and right. the consumer is looking at those two, and then they're calling the agent that they have a relationship with. That's right. Like I'm telling you, those those two those two sites are not threats. Well, Zillow is a vendor to us. Redfin's a quote unquote disruptor that, you know, is, is capable of losing, you know, a hundred million dollars year over year. You know the CEO's ethos is that real estate agents don't provide value. Right. So, you know, as long as there's investors willing to dump money into this thing and them to work at free, but I think eventually their philosophy may have to change, say, why don't we just sell leads? But that's a whole other conversation. Sure. Okay. So, so you know, most of these CRMs, they have bells and whistles that are distracting. But unfortunately, DJ, that's the shit that people buy. Okay. Well, sure. It's shiny. Okay.
0: It's exciting. It seems easy. Uh, and it mm-hmm. takes the broker away from, from what they, really what we're talking about is interpersonal connection. And, you know, those are usually the, the way that the vast majority of buyers and sellers choose a realtor is based on interpersonal stuff. Not well, so well, much, you know, go ahead.
1: It it is. And also visual flow, Kanban, Mm -hmm. taken from the Toyota manufacturing system, Kanban, visual flow. So all of a sudden we're we're on a CRM and we're dinking around with the next email marketing piece, but we're not looking at our active buyers and sellers, what's it's totaling and we're calibrating. Are they really going to close this calendar year or not? We're looking at my warm prospects, my colds, my cools, going to my warms and saying, my ninety-eight percent certain this warm transaction is going to close by December thirty-first, given that it's basically August first. I mean, I know what is it—September or July twenty-second, right now. But you know, by the time you 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 uh, you push this podcast out, it's probably August first, right? Sometime around yep. there. Yep. And and again, okay. Well, now we got three months of the year left, so we have to mind the gap. Look, and 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 I'm telling all the listeners here, like this is what every top producer in any industry is focused on you set a goal and you look at that goal you know you should on a daily basis and then you look at the activities that you're doing in your crm your dashboard whatever you're using needs to be able to track those measures that's the one or two things that you need to do but coming back to mining the gap so we have this particular agent, and their forecast is saying $24 million, their goal is $26 million. They only have a $2 million gap, right? Yep. So then you dial it back, you say, well, wait a minute though, they're at $15 million pending and closing. So $24 million minus $15 million is, help me with my math here, Nine million uh, million? Yep. Yeah. So now we got a $9 million gap. So yeah. then we go look, yeah. so well, wait a minute though, they got $3.8 million in active listings. Okay. And we have, we have $2.2 million of warm prospects. Well, 3.8 and 2.2 put together is 6 million. Yeah. So that is where, and I might be off my numbers cause I'm driving a car. That's where the $2 million gap is coming from. Okay. So it's $7 million cause yeah. What's nine minus, yeah, it should be a $7 yeah.
0: million. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. They're
1: active, they're active and they're warm between the two of them should be $7 million. So the first thing you need to do is you got to go through those active buyers. And if you have an inventory issue, you're lying to yourself. Right. You're lying to yourself if you have them as active clients and not as prospects and, and, and categorize as cool so they're not going into your forecast. So you got to first go through and calibrate that. And then same with your warm prospects. You have, say, $4 million of warm prospects, but you haven't talked to three of them in a month and a half. You're lying to yourself. You're absolutely lying to yourself. And so with this particular agent, we went through and we calibrated it, okay? And after we did the calibration, we found out the gap went from 24 million, 26 million, 24 million, right? The forecast forecast went down to $22 million. No big deal. Now we got a $4 million gap. And then the question is, what do I do from here? What do I do from here? Which is a great question. And that should be your focus now what do you do from here so now our kanban our visual flow it's up to date we calibrated it it's july calibrated it Shit. let's go two three weeks working on our business we go back to our snapshot and calibrate it again but you gotta get you gotta get dialed in and tighter and tighter as the end of the year comes on us and guys it's going to be like that. and I just snap my fingers if you can't tell what that was. It's the end of the year is going to be here before you know it. And now we're talking about what's going on in 2022. So this particular agent has a $4 million gap. Okay. A $4 million gap between their goal and where they are because they said, yeah, these active buyers and these sellers, they will close before December 31st. And I watched that agent take three or four clients and move them out and make call them prospects. They're still in flow with them, they're still working with them, but they're not lying to themselves and they're not gonna have an inaccurate forecast. And so they say, okay, so now what do I do? How do I make up the bridge? How do I bridge that gap? How do I mine the gap from my forecast of 24 million, um, or now 22 million, so I could hit my goal of 26 million, my $4 million isn't perfect. Now let's go to your prospects tab. And they had 93 prospects. Wow. all with different temperatures. Majority of them were cold, not certain they're going to hire me or cool, certain they're going to hire me but close next year, and then a handful of them were warm, which again, you don't put a prospect in as warm unless you're 95% certain they're going to close in that calendar year. And now that we're in uh moving into August, I say are you 98%. You know, so it gets tighter and tighter. So they have less people that are warm. So what do you do? You do not let 3 weeks go by. You do not let three weeks go by where every one of those 93 people have not heard from you on a social basis. You yeah. check out what's going on yeah. with them in Facebook. You see what's going on on LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok. I don't give a shit what the social media platform is. People are broadcasting their lives out there. Okay. And you find out what's going on with them. You send them a text, a personal handwritten note. You send a, an email or better, a direct message commenting on them and asking how they're doing and trying to create engagement back and forth. People will hire their friends as their real estate agents, period. Okay. They're going to look at market leaders and they're going to look at friends and relationships. People hire people that they know, like, and trust. You will become a market leader. If you penetrate your network, you'll become a market leader. If you brand yourself through auto flow and external branding techniques, which we'll talk about at another time. Okay but coming back to the mind of the gap, you got to do that. Now he's got 93 people, three weeks, no more. And even this top producing $26 million a year producing loan officer had leads in there that it haven't talked to since February, March, and April. Okay. Sure. And the aha, Oh shit moments. Like, yeah. Oh shit. And by the way, it looked like you were at 24 million. Now you're at 22 million and those actives and pendings actually have to close. So you take those out shit. You might be at, Well, you are, you're at 16, you're at 16 million. Now it's like, wow, now I'm aware. And like, wow, this is so good. Now I'm aware. Visual flow, Kanban, where most of us are flying blind. Most of us can't even tell us, what do you forecast this year? I don't know. I did 10 million last year. I should do 10 million this year. Show me. I can't. I just know. And that is flying by the seat of our pants. That's acting as an employee, not as a CEO of a business. CEOs don't work that way. I don't work that way running my... Uh, four or five different companies. And any other CEO doesn't work that way. And when I was a real estate agent as CEO of my $40 million a year production business that I ran, I, I was crystal clear on my forecast and where I was. And that was what I did first. And then I went and showed houses. I went and did a list presentation over a kitchen table and fluffed pillows and worked with photographers to get the good pictures. I did all that stuff after I focused on my business. So what's the second thing we can do to mind the gap after we go to the prospects tabs, you guys go to your closed tabs. And I want you to look at every person who bought a home from you. Yeah. Okay. Not a seller. I'm talking about buyers. Listings will generate two leads. An active listing should generate two leads. Every acting listing should generate two leads for you. But every closed buyer should generate at least two referrals for you, but you got to do it right. And if you're not getting two referrals from your previous clients in the past 12 months, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your past buyers. It's what you're doing that is wrong. And you as a real estate agent should not let two weeks go by for at least eight months Where a previous buyer doesn't hear from you. Because every time somebody buys a home, the only thing they're gonna be talking about and doing is talking about that home. That's right. Right? And every person in your network that's not a real estate agent knows at least four people who wanna buy or sell a home every year. Four. The ones that actually bought a home and used you, they're the ones that are most aware because they're speaking about it. And therefore their networks says, well, we're thinking about doing it too. Now, if you do it right and you're in flow with them every two weeks for at least eight months, you're going to get all those referrals and that gap's going to get closed and it's going to seem mindless to you. And what I mean by mindless, okay, what I mean, I think i might just got a flat tire. What I think, what I mean, well, I just ran over a curb as I was turning. What I think about mindless is I have another particular agent uh, different agent will glide right into $24 million this year. And the mindless is every time I coach it's, I got to add three more contracts. I got to, I got to add four more closings. I got to add five more prospects, but that is the only thing that this agent does. He does live flow with his network once a quarter. He did it when he was first starting once a month. He does not let three weeks go by with any one of his prospects, not hearing from him. And he is in his closed tabs for the previous 12 months. And those buyers hear from him every other week. That is not mindless. That is intentional. That is, as as Angela Duckworth says in her book, Grit, that is deliberate practice. That's a CEO of a business. And everybody looks at says, ah, business just comes to him. He'll do 95 transactions this year. He's not a team. Well, yeah, I mean, the business comes to him and it almost seems like it's mindless, but he's deliberate in his actions and he can visually see in his dashboard what's going on and he knows what he can do to move the needle. Now, he'll lose a week here and there and it's sure. summertime. And it's, you know, that 4th of July was two, three weeks ago. And I talked to him a week and a half ago. He's like, I haven't done shit and I don't care. I'm taking a break. Good. You, you're entitled to. You can. And he knows comes uh, the last week or the first week of August, he just gets right back. in and, and, and it's and it's the water just flows right away from him. Just flows because how intentional he was, how focused he was on his deliberate practice year after year after year after year. And quite honestly, the needle moves so much quicker for those individuals. So that's Mining the Gap. DJ, I hope that helps without any visual, but I think it's a podcast. Most people are just listening to this. This is just for the benefits of the Facebook viewers, but I'm not, you know, being, I'm not visual here for you, but I I hope I was able to paint a mental picture for you and the audience here.
0: Yeah, you were. And I I think this idea of us always remembering uh, whatever sales position we're in that people want to work with people they know, like, and trust, but know, like, and trust has to be continually earned. It is not an automatic after you help somebody buy their first dream home. It certainly lasts for a while. There's a honeymoon phase where that person is going to, if they liked you, uh, they're going to talk about how great you are, but as Ryan, Ryan said, it's really important to have a structure that doesn't allow for the interpersonal stuff to fall by the wayside, which is easy to do when, You're in the middle of whatever's hitting you in the face at that particular moment, uh, with maybe a challenge with another client or just the conditions of the market. And you know, Ryan, you you brought up a a lot of great things, but figuring out how to not let uh, your previous clients, your current clients, your uh, prospects—you know—it's easy to let them fall away. I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine what percentage of buyers still hear from their existing agents, uh, you know, a, a year after the sale. I, I And certainly even within the first year, I don't think they're getting communicated with every two or three weeks. The vast majority of realtors are not doing that. And if every realtor just did that, uh, could you imagine what their businesses would look like? If that's all so, they did and no other changes, yeah, but that's all they yeah. did. Yeah.
1: I mean, you, most, again, and this is maybe to motivate our listeners here to avoid pain, most real estate agents act as employees. They don't act as owners of business. They're not strategic. They were trained to be employees, they act like employees. And nobody's there telling them what to do, so they're not doing it, right? And then all of a sudden, here's the avoidance of pain, uh, trigger here that I'm trying to coach you on. Now they're back to being employees again because they couldn't be self-employed. And so if you get into this business and you act like an employee, you're gonna be somebody's employee again really fast. Uh, That's just the cold, brutal truth. Maybe that will be a motivator for you to do these things and and have the right tools and technology and the accountability partners to keep you focused on what you need to do. Um, And
0: and all of these things, they can appear overwhelming because they seem so uh, task focused and there's so many tasks to complete. And yes, it will feel like that at first when all of a sudden you start structuring, okay, every day I'm going to comment on 10 of my previous clients posts on, you know, on Instagram, I'm going to, you know, and I'm not going to do it in an inauthentic way. I'm going to be authentic, but I'm going to go through and, and I, and then, oh my gosh, that seems like I got to do that every single day. And it's like, well, yes. Um, just like people who exercise have to exercise, you know, most days to stay in reasonable shape and you have to watch, watch your, you know, your, your, your food and, and everything else that you're doing for your health. But Um, but, but this, these are the things that as you start to develop muscle around the discipline, they really become quite just routine. And part of your day is going to be, you know, commenting on people and reaching out to them and checking in. And right now there is not a problem. Maybe there there may not be a better time to be reaching out because there's so much going on. Anyone who owns a home that, you know, whether they're a client or not deserves a phone call from you and say, Hey, did you know that condos in your area are, are up in price by 10% 10% over last year. I don't know if you're thinking of moving, but if you want I can run you a quick quote and see what, you know, what your place might be worth today. That is an amazing reason to call somebody. Um, it doesn't have to be a, a real estate kind of reason to call them, but boy, there's a lot of great real estate reasons or calling people who own a home and say, "You know, I don't know if you've refied in a while, but it might be time to take a look at that." You know, that's a great piece of value that you can provide. These are easy things that you can do, but you have to systematize them. So you don't wake up one day and go, maybe I should call some people about refis, or maybe I should comment on, you know, you need to know every day what, what those calls look like. And then it just becomes way less overwhelming. And, and I'm sure you would agree with that because that's how you're able to sort of manage your, all of the complexities of of your businesses is you have structure, you know what you're doing every day, you know what moves the needle, and then you just execute that. And then there's probably a lot less stress at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, and as a real estate agent, I focus it purely my connection with them purely on social stuff. I just keep it social so it doesn't feel like work to me, and it doesn't appear to them like I'm selling them. I just ask them how they're doing, what's going on. They they posted about their spaghetti and meatballs last night. I'm like, wow, that looks good. And you just you know, I'm sending a message. I, I'm not even posting on their Facebook page. I'm sending a message. Hey, that yeah. spaghetti meatball is yeah. amazing. I'm gonna make that tonight. Hope all's well. Tell Sally I said hi or they just post a new labradoodle or their their grandkid had graduated kindergarten, their son that just graduated high school, whatever it might be. I'm keeping it pure social, my auto flow, my postcards every week, my, my email marketing, excuse me, my postcards every month, my email marketing, my real estate reports twice a year. That's going to tell them what I do for a living. My daily contact is going to say, Hey, I'm your friend. I'm going to create the bond, tighten that bond between them. And then for those of you, and I'm going to use this to wrap up the call, if that's okay with you, DJ. Khalil, yes, perfect. into Perfect. A- an interview I got coming up here in Naperville here at three o'clock. Um, but I was pulling into my house this morning. And I think I told DJ you before we got on uh, the call, I, you know, I'm a road warrior in the summertime. Right. So I drove in from, uh, Lake Geneva last or this today, this morning, I drove in from Chicago, from Lake Geneva to Chicago and went Chicago to my house. In Western Springs, I had to grab something. And on my way out to Naperville. And as pulling into Western Springs, I saw my young neighbors. It's funny how quick life goes by. I was a young guy with three young girls on the block just yesterday. Now my wife and I were 45. We have a 17, 15, 14-year-old. And I have two, you know, I think 33-year-olds that moved in next door to us. And, you know, they're planting flowers and they have their baby swaddled. They just let a baby two weeks go. And they have another two-year-old girl. Just meeting these folks. And two things every time a home sells at the median price of $333,000, $80,000 is pumped into the economy. And this $80,000 is pumped into the economy is anything from uh, commissions as real estate agents, loan officers, home inspectors, attorney, title, uh, home goods, a uh, Home Depot, and so on and so forth. And it's, I'm pulling in, uh, they got all this landscaping and they're doing it themselves, right? And I'm like, yeah, that's, I get it. Yep. And they had a dumpster in front. Like, yeah, there's, there's a ton of money going to this house, of home improvement stuff. And, you know, every time we sell a home, man, we are adding to the economy. And we drive the economy. Uh, but the interesting thing about it is life goes on. I mean, life goes on. And here my wife and I are 45. We're, you know, I feel like I just graduated college yesterday, right? And yeah. now I'm, I'm, I'm not the old guy on the block, but we're the older folks on the block. And they're the younger kids on the block who we were yesterday. And that cycle continually goes on and on and on. And there's like 330 million people in the United States. And there's 1.6 million realtors in the National Association of Realtors. And NAR came out and said only 50% of them transact. Right. Only 50%. That means there's only 800,000 real estate agents. So if you take 1.6 million real estate agents and divide it by the 330 million people, it's a half of a percent. Right, And then if you take the 800,000 of them that are actually selling, okay, that's only a quarter of 1% that are selling. So as I look at these people, I'm like, there's business everywhere all the time. But everybody is just so stuck on tunnel vision, living in that now you got to pick your head up and you got to look around. You should be tunnel vision in your activities. That's what you should be tunnel vision in. But when you're trying to look for abundance and all the stuff that's happening, I mean, you're talking, DJ, you know, I sound like, like, like a grandpa when I, when I say this. You're talking to a guy that was four years in the business when 2008 came along. I had a wife and three kids, and I was the only income. And guess <laughs> what? 2008, 2009, 2010, guys, I made a ton of money selling real estate. ton of money selling real estate because so many people quit. So many people left the business. But guess what? The business didn't go away. There was, there was tragedy going on. There was a meltdown, but homes were selling. and People were buying homes. And guess what? I was facilitating it, making more than enough to have a wonderful lifestyle for my family. But all I did is I focused on my actions and my activities. So anyways, I'm going to wrap up with that. I hope Mining the Gap helps our listeners. I would like anybody to listen to this, you know, if, if you're confused or you got questions on it, Listen, re-listen to this thing again. I mean, the key to learning is repetition. Uh, and I've been coaching now for 11 years and I'm repeating the same thing over and over again. And my $25 million, my 40, my $55 million individual producing agents, my $70 million, $100 million individual, not team producing loan officers, they come in time and time and time again to hear the same shit out of my mouth because they know it's what works and they got to keep it top of mind. If you want to be that top 20%, you got to focus on these basic things that we're talking to. Learn some of the techniques of the mind the gaps, get the technology that's out there to show you your forecast, your goals, to track where you are, to track what you're doing. That's the only thing that matters. You stay focused on those daily actions. Then your annual goals will come in uh, right where you want them to be at the end of the year, every year.
0: We should also tell, mention too that you don't have to do it yourself. There are coaching options available there's obviously in in the real estate industry and the mortgage industry there's a lot of coaching companies and you know it, you don't even have to necessarily hire a, a coach that way if, if that's not affordable because you can get an accountability partner who maybe is in the same office of you as yours or somebody who's in the same industry who who wants accountability but having third a third party person <coughs> take a look and tell you in in ryan you were just saying really the same things over and over again. And it isn't that you don't bring new things to the table, but the fundamentals no. are the fundamentals. And they typically don't change. Um, you know, uh, John Wooden, the famous UCLA coach, was all about fundamentals. He said, I don't look at the scoreboard. It doesn't matter. He was the winningest coach in NCAA history. And he said, I literally don't look at the scoreboard. I don't care. And it was all about fundamentals, you know, and, and so, you know, we, we all, we all need a third party, uh, to help us stay on top of those fundamentals, whether you hire a trainer or a coach, whether you have an accountability partner, whether it's your spouse, it could be anybody who, it just can't be you, no. be, you know, for everything.
1: Exactly. Absolutely. So mind the gap guys, it's, it's August, right. And you got three months left, you know, what's your goal? What do you forecast it at? What's your gap? Dig in. You could either, you know, you could either go about it and look at where you're at and measure your activities, or you could fly blind. I'd uh, I'd, I'd rather take the former than the latter.
0: Yeah, flying blind is just an increase in anxiety, fear, anger. Um, it, it, it you're going to feel less in control. You will be a less happy person if you're flying blind, and your and, business will likely how- yeah.
1: Yeah and it's and it's how most people choose to run their business. And at the end of the day I tell everybody, you know, I start this in coaching and end it in coaching. It's your choice. It is all this comes down to the choices you make. It's your choice. Most people unfortunately choose to find blind. And the great thing about it is you have the ability to change it.
0: Well said and great place to wrap up. So for everyone who is listening, if you are in the Chicagoland area or perhaps you you live in Wisconsin, Indiana or Michigan and you're a real estate agent or, or a loan officer, and you're not getting the support and the coaching and you know all of the tools that you need to really take your business to the next level, check out DAPRE Properties. Um, and, and they have various companies, but the easiest place to find sort of their central hub is dAprilproperties.com. Um, and I'll we'll put a link to that here in the show notes, of course. So, you know, if you're looking for a coach and your firm doesn't offer that, or you just want a firm to help you with some of what Ryan mentioned a few times on the show, which was he calls Autoflow, which happens to be uh, you know, systems that he's created. To help automate some of the marketing and some of the touches that can be done, uh, that you know, just take time away from agents doing other things. They offer a lot of that, so definitely check out deaprilproperties.com if you're an agent and just want to see what other options exist out there. Uh, they're an amazing company and they have great, great employees. I've I've got to tour their uh, their headquarters. It's really super impressive. Um, they just have a lot going on, so definitely check them out. deaprilproperties.com. And of course, before we go, please. help us continue to grow and support the show, tell a friend. Think of one other real estate agent or or loan officer, anyone sort of related to this field that could benefit from hearing this coaching episode with Ryan and send them a link to our website. Easiest way to do it. Just send them over to keepingitrealpod.com. In fact, we have all of the episodes categorized out right on the homepage. So if you scroll to the bottom and you just want to hear all the Ryan coaching moments, you can do that. You don't have to search through and and find them in, in the 300 plus episodes that we've done. So please... Uh, send them over to keepingitrealpod.com. That helps us continue to reach more people and we can continue to do more episodes for you. So Ryan, uh, as always, thank you so much for continuing to be such a valued guest on our show, guest host uh, or co-host, I should say. And boy, uh, I love sitting and listening. And it's it's always, it's, It's energizing for me in my own business to now think about, okay, what do I need to forecast? Uh, Well, I need to look at my forecast for the rest of this year as well. So thank you for that gentle reminder as well. So uh, as always, we will see everybody on the next episode. And thanks, Ryan. Thanks, CJ.